Good morning, church. Has God been faithful to you? Wow. Well, thank you, Keaton and worship team. That was awesome. Anybody blessed by that? Ain't that incredible? Man, well, awesome morning of worship. Well, my name is Luke, one of the pastors here at Holly Chapel. We're so thankful that you are with us this morning. I just got to say it, happy 4th of July weekend. Anybody been to the lake already? We have nobody in this room. Are you going tomorrow? Okay, I'm looking at the no lake crowd today. Wow, going today. Okay, I didn't say today. Wow. Well, I, I just feel the need to remind you, especially dads, that as you're, as you're lighting that mortar round and then you take off running for your life, thank the Lord that you have the freedom to blow stuff up, right? Man, God's been good to you if you live right here in America. Amen. God's good. Well, this morning is communion morning, the Lord's Supper, if you will. And I just got to be real, I've got to be honest, got to be transparent with you this morning. I was raised in church, raised right here in this church. And for the longest time, communion, Lord's Supper, what it meant just evaded me. I just had no idea. Would anybody be so bold and honest to say, yeah, took me a little while to understand what this kind of awkward Sunday is. Anybody? You need to raise your hand today, church, because I know I'm not the only one, right? It's a little awkward, a little uncomfortable, and for a long time, I really didn't know what was happening here, what this really meant. And if I'm being really honest with you, it's maybe one of those Sundays where you see on the calendar that's happening, you're like, oh, we'll just do something else that night. Back in the day, it was on Sunday night. Well, we'll just do something else then we'll just kind of skip the by. I'm being real with y'all, and y'all are just looking at me like, oh, you're a terrible Christian. <laughs> Nobody else? And, and because of that, because it just wasn't elevated in, in our life, I just didn't really understand completely what was, what was happening with communion. And church, I want to remind you this morning that, that communion, Lord's Supper, is perhaps one of the most precious, one of the most beautiful things that we can do as a church. Amen. And so th this morning, I, I want to draw the, the comparison between the Lord's Supper, what we're going to do here in a little bit, and grace. D does anybody need grace? Anybody need some grace? I was driving to the lake a couple days ago, and I went down Highway 5, which they are repaving again. <laughs> and I would just encounter you know, a roadblock, and then we would get through that stretch, and it would seem like the slowest person in Arkansas was in front of me, and, and, and I was just, I was raging a little bit, and Ashley looked over at me, she's like, you need some grace, you need to calm down, buddy, it's got road rage, I, I need grace every day, and, and church, what if I was to say that communion is a means to receive God's grace, it, it's a beautiful blessing that God gives his church. So what do I mean by communion being a means of grace? Well, to, to talk about that for a second, we need to clarify what grace really is. So on, on the screen, uh, you're going to see this. It's kind of this first definition, that grace is the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. Many people, if you were raised in church, you, you probably know this terminology. It's the undeserved favor of God. Y'all heard that? Undeserved favor of God. Grace is a gift 
of salvation that not a person in this room deserves. But God is so good, he gives it to us anyway. It's going to be on the screen, Romans chapter 3, verse 24. Yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins, followed with Romans 11, 5, and 6. It is the same today, for a few of the people of Israel have remained faithful because of God's grace, his undeserved kindness in choosing them. And since it is through God's kindness, then it is not by their good works. For in that case, God's grace would not be what it really is. Say that with me. Free and undeserved. Grace is the saving power of God displayed through Christ on the cross. And nobody has done anything to earn that grace. Nobody has done anything to earn that salvation. God being rich in mercy and grace at some point in your life, if you've trusted in Jesus, looked at you and said, I want that one. Not because of how many times you went to church. Not because of how often you pray. Not because how good you try to be during the day. Simply because he loves you and that's it. You've done nothing to earn it. Grace is free and undeserved. Nobody has worked their way towards God's grace. He distributes it freely. And this morning, as a church, when we, when we dive into this moment of communion, we'll see the picture of God's grace. And hopefully we'll understand just how free and undeserved it really is. So God's grace saves us. The next thing on the screen you'll see is that God's grace sustains us. God's grace holds us. We're going to jump right into a passage on this one. This is out of the English Standard Version, 2 Corinthians 9 and 8. And God is able to make all, what church? Grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. So God's grace not only saves you when you believe in Jesus, but God's grace holds us. You see, I think for so many people, our definition, our concept of grace falls short or it stops at grace saves. And that's, it's incredible. I can't understand how that happens. But, but when we say that God's grace just stops at saving, we're missing the incredible benefit of all that grace provides. Grace holds you. Not only does it save you, but it keeps you, church. And we've, we've all agreed this morning that we need grace. I, I need grace every single day. If you're married, you need grace in your marriage. If you wake up every morning and you go to a job, you need grace in your job. If you've got children, you need grace in your parenting. Amen? All the parents are like, come on, come on, come, give me some of it, right? Give me some grace. We need grace every single day. We need grace to wake up in the morning. We need grace. Grace holds us. So church, let's get a little interactive for a moment. What if I was to say, Holland Chapel, there is a river of grace outside running today. 
would you leave this building immediately and go jump in it? Yes, I hope you would. Well, church, what if I was to say that there is a river of grace running and you can jump in? Would you believe me? Would you believe me, church? Yes. God, in his infinite grace and mercy, has set up methods and means for you and I, his church, to experience his grace every single day. This is not going to be on the screen, but if you're a note taker, if you got your phones, there's no excuse for that anymore. You've got a notes section in your phone. It's not going to be on the screen, but if you want to write this down, there are three methods in which God uses, he gives us, to distribute his grace. The first thing is God's voice. That is his word. The, the, the second thing is his ear. That is by our prayers. That is by us approaching him in prayer. And the third thing is his body, which is the church. These are the three main ways that God sets up in scripture for you and I to experience his grace. So there is a river of grace flowing today. And you, church, can take part in it. You, church, can experience the grace of God. And here's what I believe. That communion, Lord's Supper, is a means for us to experience all three at the same time. Amen? And so when I, as a believer, as I sat out there year after year, I was saved at 13. And for a long time, I just didn't understand what this was. But when it, when it finally clicked that, man, this picture, this example that we're going to take part in as a church is a means for me to receive the grace of God, it changed my life. It changed my perspective on what this day is. It took the awkwardness out of it. And on what this situation, what this moment that here in a minute, church, we're going to take part in. Man, it was one of the main things that God used to shape and carve out the ugliness of my heart. But because I realized how important this was. That if I was going to take part in this, man, I, I, had to, I had to ask him, forgive me, God, of these sins. I had to get out of my heart. And if I had something against a brother across the room, I had to go and make it right. That's what Scripture says. And what this moment is, is for you and I, child of God, to experience the grace of God. It's not some awkward, uncomfortable moment. It, it is, if you make it that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to knock something over, man. I'm used to running around. It, it, it's not that. It's a special, sweet, precious time for you to commune with the God that saved you. And it's a moment, church, for you to experience God's grace. So there is a river running outside. There's a river of grace for you this morning, church. So how can communion usher in God's grace? What, what does this really mean for us as a church? We're going to look at three things real quick that, that I believe the gospel that, that Jesus talks about when he sets up communion for us. So how can this moment Usher in God's grace for his church. The first thing that I want to draw your attention to is it reminds us of the gospel. That communion reminds us of the gospel. The first passage that we're going to look at is Luke chapter 22 and 19. It says, he took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, this is my body which is given for you. What is this next part, church? Do this in remembrance of me. 
Raise your hand if you were there when Christ died on the cross. Nobody. We were not there. We did not see it with our eyes. We we did not experience it in person. And what I am so thankful for, church, is is that Jesus knew this was going to be the case for you and I today in 2022. And so he sets up this example for the church to follow for years. And, And he says, when you take part in this, do this so that you can remember me. Do this so that you can be reminded of my sacrifice. Do this so your thoughts, your your mind, your heart can be fixed on the gospel. And he sets this out for you and I as a church. For when we do this, we're reminded of the cross. I don't know about you, church, but sometimes I am guilty. The only time I think about that, that awful day is on Easter is when we really think about, man, the the cross and and the grave and the empty tomb, right? That picture. But what communion does for you and I as a church, it paints that picture. So in our mind and in our heart, we can go back to that moment that is so clear in Scripture when Jesus died for you. You can be reminded of the gospel, which the gospel is most important. 1 Corinthians 15, 3. I pass on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scriptures said. By rehearsing this moment, church, by reliving it, we as the children of God can look back on his sacrifice and remember his grace. We can remember his mercy. We can remember his goodness. And I don't know about you, but I don't need the gospel just to save. I need the gospel every single day. And what Paul does right here is he says, there's nothing more important than the gospel. And communion helps our minds remember the gospel. The second thing is that it proclaims the gospel. Communion proclaims the gospel. Corinthians eleven twenty six. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, What church? You are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. You are proclaiming the gospel. This morning, this room is going to be filled with evangelists. You're going to be proclaiming the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus when you take part in this supper. And when that clicked for me, Communion stopped becoming the Sunday in which I skipped and started becoming the Sunday in which I invited the most people. Thank you, somebody that laughed. (laughs) Why, church? Because it is the most clear picture of the gospel that we have in Scripture. So if there is a lost person in this room this morning, they are going to see clearly what Jesus did for them. Communion is a clear picture of the gospel. That's why your pastors, every time we do this, we we try to make a clear uh, plea for the parents in the room with with little ones that are uh, observing, that haven't trusted in Jesus. It's a wonderful opportunity for moms and dads to explain what is happening in this moment, what this represents, what it stands for. Because even as a child, you can pick up that picture of the gospel. Communion proclaims The gospel. The next thing and the last thing that I want to draw your attention to this morning, church, is that it points us to our future hope. Communion points us 
to our future hope. Corinthians eleven twenty six. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death. This last part, say it with me, until he comes again. I cannot speak for you. I can only speak for myself. I need reminding often that this world is not my home. If I look at everything that's transpiring in our world right now, I get a little run down. Anybody else? That's why the news is not allowed in my home. We don't look at it. You look at it, you're going to be sour and bitter and angry all the time. But because the world can run you down. And as a believer in Christ, I need to be reminded that I've got a future hope waiting for me. That I've got something much better than this world. Amen? Anymore, it don't take a whole lot though, right? But we've got hope in Jesus. And what this is going to do, this is going to be a symbol of the feast that is to come. When you and I as a church, we don't have to take this in remembrance anymore. We can take it in his presence so that we as a church right now can come together and wait with eagerness for the future hope that's to come in Jesus Christ. It's a beautiful picture Titus chapter 2, verse 11 through 13. For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. While we look forward with hope. To that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. Can I get an amen? Church. Wow. So what we're going to do in just a moment, these symbols, it's it's, it's his body and it's his blood that was shed on the cross. And when we have this picture of the feast, I I want you to do something for me. I, I want you to think about the moment in the future when you get to take this in the presence of God himself. That will fill your life with hope. It'll it'll help you look past whatever it is going on in your life today. I don't know, a room this size, we're bringing in a lot of junk, right? And and, and in this moment here in just a few minutes, you're going to be able to forget about it all and think about the hope that you have in Jesus. And there's something special, church, about us gathering to do this. There's something special about the people of God coming together to experience this with one another. And Paul speaks to it in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 16 and 17. He says, when we bless the cup at the Lord's table, aren't we sharing in the blood of Christ? And when we break the bread, aren't we sharing in the body of Christ? And though we are what, church? Many. We all eat from one loaf of bread, showing that we are one body. So you see, church, when we come together in this moment, we're we're waiting with eagerness for the hope that's to come. And as a church body, when we gather, strength is there. And we come together and we unify around the words and works of Jesus Christ. That brings All these people in this room together for one moment. 
And it's very special. It's not something to look past. It's not something to see on the calendar and go, we'll catch you next time. This is incredibly important. Because I believe with all my heart, the scripture is so clear that communion ushers in the grace of God. It provides an opportunity for you to read his word, to have his word read over you. It provides an opportunity for you to pray and approach the God in heaven. And then it provides an opportunity for you to fellowship with his body. Communion is a means of God's grace, church. And we have the privilege in just a moment to share in it together. So here's what I want you to do. It's going to be some instructions, so tune in real clear. Uh, it's going to be your left, my right. After I pray in just a moment, uh, Keaton's going to come on stage, there's going to be some music, and, and I want you to exit to your left to come up here and grab the elements, okay? I want you to grab a cup, and I want you uh, a cup of juice and a piece of bread. And then I want you to return on the opposite side so that we kind of avoid uh, some confusion in a traffic jam. If you're somebody that needs a gluten-free option, there's going to be pre-packaged ones up here on the table as well, if that best suits your needs. But after you get the elements, I want you to return to your seat and hang on to them. When we're done with that song, I'll get back up here and we'll, we'll go through it together as a church. Clear as mud? Let me pray. God, we love you. Thank you so much for the gift of communion. Thank you so much for the grace that we can experience so freely through your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, church, or thank you, God, that, that we as a church can experience this moment together. I pray for everyone in this room that has experienced the forgiveness of Jesus. That in this moment, it wouldn't be awkward, it wouldn't be uncomfortable, but it would be a moment for your grace to invade the space and change hearts and minds today. And I just want to say thank you for loving us enough to give your son Jesus on the cross. Without him, we have no hope. I'm so thankful this morning that I have hope. So God, be with this moment, be with this church, as we remember you, we remember the cross. Thank you for Jesus. We ask everything in his precious and holy name. Amen.